Hello world and welcome to today's episode. I'm excited to show you some interesting segments that we've got coming up. I'm back this week from a nice break in the summer. Well, it's not summer yet, but the summer weather here last week. We've got. I'm joined here by Amy. Amy, we've got some lovely weather here, haven't we, in the UK? So we can't complain about that. I was going to say, you know, it's it's nice and bright out there, even even of an evening over here. Um, but it's very nice to have you back, Dean, from your vacation. Adam did a wonderful job, but you know, <laughs> sure he did. And um, it's just, I just think it, it feels like the most British thing ever to even start a live show talking about the weather. Right, that seems to be all, yeah, all we ever do. Uh, so let's Thanks. share with everybody what we've got coming up today. All right. So first of all, we're going to have a Humans with Microsoft segment, and Lauren will be joined by Amanda Silver to talk about her story there. Uh, then Ben Walters will be joining us to talk about Build and some stuff that we'll be doing at our Build event that's coming up. Laurent will be joining us to talk about some of the awesome OSS tooling that we're using right now backstage to run this show at Hello World and how you can use that too. And then finally, Kayla and Demetrius will be joining us for another episode of WinDevBox with some more goodness there as well. So a uh, jam-packed show, Amy. Yeah, always, always, always a jam-packed show. Um, each segment more exciting uh, than any we've had before. So really, really good stuff. Um, I wanted to, Dean, always share something on events, right? There's so many events going on. Um, so this week, I really want to draw attention to a very special event, actually. So we have something called the Global AI Student Conference happening uh, this Saturday, so the 24th of April. It's in the... the European time zone. However, you can probably catch the front and the end um, of the event in pretty much anywhere. So uh, definitely check it out. It's uh, AIConf.education or go to our show notes. So aka.ms slash hello world to find out a bit more. But what makes this so special? Well, the global AI community, number one, it has a very special place uh, in my heart. It's a wonderful community, uh, bringing together lots of interesting things and talks about AI. There's going to be 14 sessions and two panels, but they're every, everything. Hosts, sessions, panels are all led by Microsoft student ambassadors. Um, so these are all budding students. They're phenomenal people that really give back to their community, uh, as, well as, as well as to all to us who are kind of working in tech as well. So definitely check it out, AIConf.education, this Saturday. Awesome. Yeah, I've done some work in the past, Amy, with our student ambassadors, and they are brilliant. And it definitely won't be a waste of your weekend. If you're tuning in for that, you'll definitely be a worthwhile Saturday spent learning some stuff around AI there. So check it out if you are available. Uh, but Amy, I want to share today something a little bit different. I was looking through some new stuff and um, we can now um, explore a 3D Microsoft data center. Uh, online in this virtual environment. So um, I haven't been in a data center for years, so I'm feeling a bit nostalgic. I was missing sitting on that cold floor with a long wire plugged into a router, working out why something isn't working. We, we don't get to do that much anymore with the cloud, right? So it's um, it was nice to kind of go on and check out what a Microsoft data center looks like. And I must say that uh, they were a bit better than some of the data centers I've worked in over the years. And um, it was really cool. You could kind of walk through this virtual environment and you can go into certain rooms, I was in the network room, and you can click and get some statistics around the amount of data that is transmitted typically through an Azure and Microsoft data center. Uh, you can look at some of the physical security aspects, the, the more technical security aspects for how we're securing our data centers and our customers' data. Um, and you and I checked it out earlier, Amy, I know you checked it out on your phone, right? 
Yeah, we we was just on a on a call, and then I just kind of brought it up on my phone as well from from the link, and it was a really good experience. Uh, I ended up outside the data center as well, so it's not even just sort of the rooms inside. You can kind of see it from the outside as well uh, and explore loads of amazing stuff. Really, really interesting. It was pretty cool. I like the map where you start in the lobby and then you're kind of working your way through. But yeah, if, if anybody wants to check that out, I encourage you to at microsoft.com slash stories and you can go ahead and check out that virtual environment. So yeah, definitely worth a look. That's amazing. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. So for, as always, for all of today's notes and links for the show, you can go to ak.ms slash hello world. The link's here below if you want to go and check it out. Um, everything will be available there for you to check out after the show. Wonderful. Well, let's get started with our show today. So first up, this week on Humans of Microsoft, Laurent is talking to Amanda Silva. For those who don't know Amanda, Amanda is Corporate Vice President for Visual Studio and .NET. So let's take a look. Hello and welcome to Humans of Microsoft. This is a segment where we talk to people just like you and me, but they have one thing in common. They all work for Microsoft. And today I'm really excited. I'm joined here by uh, Amanda Silver. Hello, Amanda. How are you? Hello, world. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. I'm, I'm really happy to have you here. Amanda, you are a corporate vice president for the developer division at Microsoft, right? That's correct. You got it right. Great, great. So let's go straight into the questions. What would you say was a key moment in your career? Hmm, so many. I think one of the most key moments uh, in terms of my progression as a as a leader was actually when I got um, kind of fired. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I was working on a project where we were trying to bring the um, to evolve the extensibility experience in Office, and this okay. was uh, during the era when we were trying to bring Office into the web. And there was just too much going on at that time uh, mm. that that in those days we had really long planning cycles and then, and then kind of two-year product cycles. Um, and so we had just gotten done with the end of a planning cycle when I was informed that the project that I had been advocating for for two years uh, was going to be cut from the release. And that oh. day I happened to be having a a mentoring lunch with uh, one of my mentors, uh, Shanku Nuyogi, who is now the the um, head of product at GitHub. Uh, mm -hmm. And he said, you know, there's a guy on my team that just left uh, for Google. Would you like his job? And and so I was like, uh, and I talked to my boss and uh, she said, you know, that's probably a good idea because I don't think that this job really is something that would be good for you to do anymore now that it's been, mm -hmm. you know, uh, cut. So, so I took on that job and that's how I got into JavaScript as uh, working on JavaScript. And that then led to TypeScript and, um, that then led to, you know, uh, working on the developer experience for windows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really quite a, quite a career. And I, and we didn't have that on the show yet that the key moment was getting fired in quotation marks. <laughs> so cool. Um, another question in your career, who told you no? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, that goes back all the way to college uh, and probably even earlier than that. I remember when I was nine years old, I was playing video games at a party and I was told at nine that girls aren't allowed to play video games and that I should mm. leave. 
And, and so uh, that was probably my first experience of it. But then even in college, after my second semester of computer science, I think I got a C in my midterm or something like that. And the professor called me into his office and said, hey, Amanda, if you weren't doing computer science, what do you think you'd want to do? And I said, art history. And he's like, maybe you should try that. Oh. And, <laughs> and fortunately, you know, maybe my career is, is just out of spite. Well, I, I mean, as a father of two daughters, I resent, you know, that, but it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, definitely. And, and, you know, the, the other question is, who told you yes? Well, there's no question about that. My dad, I think, you know, especially you, Laurent, talking about your daughters, my dad has been a huge force in my life. And he was, he's been encouraging me to go into STEM since I was, you know, three years old. He would teach me math uh, sitting on his lap. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. So what is one more thing you want to tell our viewers to possibly inspire them? I think, I mean, the, the one phrase that comes to mind is you got this. I think, you know, oh. there's, there's an elitism in the tech industry that I think is unnecessary. I think actually mm -hmm. tech is accessible. It's learnable. All of the skills that you need to do well in tech is something that can be taught. And if you apply yourself, I think you can actually, you can do this. You got it. Well, this is really cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking part to this stream today. Um, it's been fantastic. Thank you to all our viewers for watching. And uh, you can join us next time for another Humans of Microsoft. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. Awesome. I love that story. I'm not sure who I speak to now to, to get fired so I can get my next career opportunity. That was, uh, that was really, really insightful to hear Amanda's story. Uh, next up in the next segment, um, I'll be talking to Ben Waters about Microsoft Build. So uh, welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, Dean. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And first, hello, world. Hello, world. Yes. And first time here, first time on the show. So it's it's really great to be able to join you, everyone. Yeah, welcome to the crew. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Build. So for people that aren't aware, maybe they're watching this, they're like, what on earth is Build? Could you maybe explain like, what it is and, and when they can check it out? Yeah, so um, Build is our annual developer conference that really focuses on helping people to be able to build their skills and connect with experts and, and really be able to apply those learnings to further their vision and their careers within their own businesses. Um, now, Build is just around the corner. It's happening on the 25th to the 27th of May. And, you know, this happens every year. And, and this time last year, we were in a very different position than what we are now. And so we've got a lot of new things to talk about, uh, a lot of great new information and announcements to share with everyone, obviously. But um, before you get started, the first thing everyone I want, I want everyone to do is to really kind of take some time, block out that 25th to the 27th on your calendars and make that time for yourself so that you can go and, you know, really commit to your own learning and training as part of the event. Yeah, that's awesome. I think last year we were like, how do we do an event like this online? And now for, for the better or worse, we're all much better versed at doing these <laughs> online events, right? Yeah, we've <laughs> definitely come a long way. So, um, and there's some stuff we did last year at Build that we're going to emphasize this year around customers. And like, why don't you tell everybody about that? Yeah, so last year at Build, we we created some segments to really highlight some of our customer stories and the way that they were working with Microsoft technology. And throughout the other events we've done over the year, we uh, grew that into a new segment called Customer Tech Talks. And uh, really happy to say that Customer Tech Talks is going to be front and center at Build this year as well. And and you'll see these great stories coming in from customers throughout the uh, the two days there as well. I love that. And these are, and what kind of stories are these that people are sharing? Is it your typical customer stories or is there a slightly different angle to it? 
Yeah, we take a little bit of a different approach on these stories. You know, historically, we've got some great stories around customers and what they've done with Microsoft products. And it, it tends to be very kind of perfect world scenario that we, we talk about. But Customer Tech Talks likes to focus on not just the journey, but the learnings that customers have made, those moments when they've made missteps with technology or they've, they've had to go back and rethink a decision. And the beauty of that is that um, as a viewer, you can take those lessons and apply them in your own business and in your own problems that you're facing in the solutions you're working with as well. Yeah, I love that. I think as, in, as an engineer myself, I always get value in finding out where people went wrong rather than where they went well sometimes. <laughs> and if people didn't get stuff wrong, we wouldn't be able to find all these these solutions to stuff online, right? People ask right, exactly. Um, so that's really cool. So these interviews and sessions, do they just happen at events like Build? No, actually, these happen all year round. In fact, uh, today we premiered our new episode, which is a, a story from a company called Oriflame, who are using microservices and Cosmos DB to be able to scale their e-commerce platform globally. And in fact, they scale up and down on a monthly basis. So, you know, if you're interested in checking that out, you can head over to aka.ms slash CTT YouTube to find out more and watch the new episode. Or you can follow us uh, on Twitter at uh, MS Customer Talks to find out when all the new episodes are coming out and all the latest updates. Awesome. I'm definitely going to go and check that one out around the microservices and, and Cosmos. I was asked that question all the time about going global, right? But um, quickly, why don't you show everyone before we left? There's a, you've got a, a video you can show everyone, like a sample story, right? Yeah, so this is actually one of the stories we did last year for Build with uh, Stack Overflow and really kind of goes through how they're working with Microsoft products to help kind of, you know, infuse Stack Overflow into their developer process and how they're working as well. So let's take a look at the video. Stack Overflow is the world's largest and most trusted community for software developers and technologists. We're rapidly transforming into a SaaS company with our Stack Overflow for Teams product that will be built on an architecture in a cloud environment that was highly scalable and really be able to adopt a microservices-oriented architecture. With Microsoft Azure, they work very, very seamlessly together, both on the public community side as well as our SaaS products on the Stack Overflow for Teams side. When COVID-19 broke out, Stack Overflow went 100% remote the heart of that is Stack Overflow for Teams, our knowledge sharing and collaboration capability that integrates with Microsoft Teams. And that's been a huge boost for us to maintain high levels of productivity and collaboration. In addition, we've been able to share this stack capability externally to our customers using this joint capability with Stack Overflow for Teams and Microsoft Teams. Our customers and community are able to stay strong and power through this crisis. Microsoft holistically end-to-end -end, from a commercial standpoint and from a product standpoint has allowed our company to really accelerate our transformation and really be able to help our developer and technologist community. Awesome. That's a great story, Ben. And so just to kind of wrap up, where can people go to find out more about this one? Obviously build, but where can they go and find some of the existing stories that we've got as well? Yeah, again, if you want to check out all the latest episodes and all the past episodes of Customer Tech Talks, you can go to aka.ms forward slash CTT YouTube uh, to watch all of those episodes from, you know, ones we've done at events and outside events as well. So go and check that out and subscribe to get all the updates. Awesome. Love it. Thanks so much for joining us, Ben. Uh, really appreciate that insight. And uh, let's welcome Amy back onto the show. That was such a good segment. Lots of um, interesting stuff around, especially around Stack Overflow. Good to see that video. Um, we depend on them so much as developers. 
Um, but up next, um, we are going to be getting a sneak peek into actually how we run Hello World backstage. Uh, this stuff doesn't just happen. So let's bring on Laurent and chat a bit about backstage tooling. So hi, Laurent. Hey, Amy, how are you? Yeah, very good, very good. But I want you to talk to us a little bit about exactly what I'm looking at on this side of my screen right now and why it's so important to Hello World. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, we noticed that the most difficult thing to uh, run a show like that was probably to keep everyone on time because the segments are five minutes. And so we developed a, back, a backstage channel, which I'm going to explain a little bit. And in fact, everybody can watch it right now. If you go to ak.ms slash hello world slash backstage, uh, you can actually see the channel because we are very open at Microsoft. We are showing everything. And you can see what's going on in the backstage, how much time I have left. I see that I have a little bit more than four minutes left for this segment. Nice one. I was going to say, it is, yeah, it's every day we use this. It's amazing. But um, can we see it in action? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we roll the video and I'm going to uh, just walk you through that. So what we have uh, on the video, as you can see, there is a login screen and this is for the host. We have one host who is driving the whole thing. Here I'm logging using GitHub, but we also support Twitter. And uh, after that, once you are logged in, this is just for the host, right? The guests can log in without uh, any authentication at all. As you can see, we have some areas on the screen. On the host screens, we have the clocks. In this case, we have prepared three clocks. We could have more or less. The 30 minutes clock, which is for the whole show. And then we have a five minutes clock for the segment. Sometimes we have also double segments at 10 minutes. And finally, we also have an area where the host can send messages or cues if you want to uh, to the to the guests and you can a little bit compare that to the earpiece that uh, you know tv show presenters have and uh, like this they can know what's coming up next so here on the video i'm now going to log in uh, as a guest and when i say login i'm just actually you know choosing here a, a url or navigating to a url and as you can see the host can uh, now send a message to all the guests we can have pretty much as many guests as we want. Uh, as you will see in the architecture, it's driven by a signal R, which uh, supports really a lot of connections. And uh, what the host will do now is start two clocks. So here I'm simulating that we are in the beginning of the show. We are starting the show clock as well as a, a five minutes clock. And as those clocks go down, they are going to change color. Uh, at some point, they are going to turn yellow just to signify that, well, you know, we are reaching maybe one third of the show and everything is, of course, uh, configurable. Uh, and uh, eventually, when those clocks reach 30 seconds, they are going to turn red. Uh, and then we will say uh, that, okay, it's probably time to wrap up and uh, and, and time to uh, give back the word to the host. So this is pretty much as uh, it is working. Uh, here we are at the end of the of the clock, as you can see, I can, of course, also restart the clocks individually, for example, restart the segment clock. So this is really how we are keeping uh, everybody on track and everybody on time, pretty much. That's amazing. It's and it's yeah, it's just so useful. It seems probably quite simple, but actually, you know, incredibly, incredibly useful. Um, but as technical people, we all want to know what's happening behind the scenes. So uh, how is it actually built? 
No, absolutely. And uh, I prepared a small uh, architecture diagram, you know, just hand drawn so we can bring that to the screen. And uh, as you see, we have here one host and two guests. The host is running on a web browser. He could also use his phone and the guests are also using a web browser or a phone. And so everything is powered by Blazor. Blazor is a cross-platform framework, web application framework that you can use to build web applications with .NET. So that has been really, really uh, very very, very useful for me to, to work on that very fast. Uh, we also have something very, very crucial here. It's uh, Azure Functions. They are actually routing the whole traffic. So here we have one uh, Azure Function application which uh, the guest and the host are going to use to register to another service, which is super important to us, which is SignalR. SignalR is a service uh, which we use to send messages to um, other devices, in that case, you know, web browsers, etc., um, via WebSocket. So it's all in real time. And as you can see, this is a registration process. But after that, we have uh, another function application, which this one is authenticated, meaning that the host need actually to authenticate to be able to start clocks and send messages. And uh, here, for example, we are sending a message which is then routed to all the guests via WebSocket. So this is how it works. Uh, of course, you know, we cannot explain in five minutes all the complexity of the code. But if people want, they can just go to GitHub and we'll put the link to the repo, which is completely open source, uh, in the show note at ak.ms slash hello world. And finally, if people want to try it by themselves, they can just go to www.timekeeper.cloud and then they can run the timer by themselves. Everything is public. Oh, amazing. Thanks, Laurent. It's it's so interesting to just see how we put things like this together. But also, I think that could be really useful for so many people. Um, we are up on time and we need to move on. You know how it is. So uh, thank you so much, Laurent, uh, for all your time. Um, up next, we have our, uh, always our last but not least, uh, great segment by Kayla and Demetrius, which is WinDevBox. So over to you, Kayla. Thanks, Amy. So this week, I'm here once again with Demetrius. He is the program manager for the Windows Package Manager, also known as Winget. He was here on our very first episode. Now he's back again to talk about some new stuff. So Demetrius, for those who don't know, can you give us a quick overview of what Winget is? You bet. So it's a command line tool, and it's something that a software developer would normally use to manage all the software on their machine. We make it easy to find, install, upgrade, and uninstall software all from command line. Awesome. Um, and you have a demo for us today, right? I do. I want to go ahead and kick that off, and uh, we'll get into it. Let's do it. So the first thing I'm going to do is just call the command by itself, and it's just going to show all of the things that are available. Our help is pretty fantastic in here. You can drill down into it. We also have quite a few experimental features so that you can see what you've got enabled or disabled. And our settings is just a JSON file. We do have a schema at the top, so you get tool tips and some help to make sure that you create the file correctly. Mm -hmm. But where things get really interesting is when I search for probably one of the most popular packages in the repository, Windows Terminal. Um, and in particular, what I'm looking for is the preview version. And I want to get the one that's in our open source repository labeled WinGet. Uh, I want to take a peek and see how many versions of Windows Terminal preview are out there. Uh, and, and to let you know, I've already got one of the earlier versions installed on my machine. I'm going to go ahead and use list now, and it'll show anything installed on my system, but I'm filtering on that word terminal. And you can see there's actually an upgrade that's available for terminal preview. Mm -hmm. 
Now what I do is a, an export. And what that's gonna do is generate another file that just represents all of the packages installed on my machine. And I'm gonna go ahead and include the versions of those. So I could use something like this to provide to another person so that they can get their system set up the same way as mine. There's a little bit of work to, still to do on the list. Um, that's why it's still experimental. That's all the kind of the noise that you see on the screen there. But when I open up that file that was just created, you can see the packages by source and you can see what versions it found on my system. Very cool. I've already prepared one for the demo here and it's just a, a file that has a few packages in it. I don't have the versions in those. So it's just gonna pull the latest and you'll see that it's gonna update terminal preview. Cool. So now what I'll do is go ahead and kick off that import. Uh, and normally this is where I get to kind of get up and walk away and go grab a cup of coffee and just let the machine keep running and keep installing things. Um, I did this in user mode. So there is a UAC prompt I have to kind of click through. Uh, if I would have run it in administrative mode, I wouldn't have had that. It would have just finished all the installs. Mm -hmm. So something else that we've got going on is group policy for IT professionals. We're getting ready to ship that through GitHub releases as well so that enterprises can start looking at what we've got and they can start focusing on how, how they want the package manager to operate in their enterprise. And another thing that's in this version that we're not quite ready to go all the way out, but certainly you can kind of see it's a, an experimental feature is support for third-party repositories. And we're doing that through a REST API. Now that all these packages are finished installing, let me show you that uh, 7-Zip actually did get put on the machine. And once we do that, that's essentially the end of the demo. So I was wondering, Kayla, have you already set up a, uh, a package file so that you can get your machine set up? I have not, but that is actually the next thing I want to do because I have a new device here that I want to set up. And I think that's something that's really powerful about the import and export feature is I can just export what my machine looks like now and then simply import it over there. And then everything's set up exactly how I have it with just a few command line arguments, which is really, really powerful of a thing. So that's super cool. And yeah. we do have a slide with links of how to get all of this awesome stuff from Winget. Um, so if you want to go to the package repository, there's a ton of packages on there. If you own a package and want to add it to Winget, you can do that there at ak.ms slash Winget. If you want to check out how the command line interface is written and maybe contribute to that repo. It's at ak.ms slash winget dash CLI. And of course, if you have any questions or want to just chat to Demetrius about how winget works or features you might have or anything, I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, you could tweet, you could tweet at him at uh, Denelon MS. Uh, it's there on the screen. Um, so yeah, that's, thank you so much for, for being here and talking about winget. It's, it's really come along since we announced it last year at build. So that's, it's really, really awesome to see. Yeah, we're coming up on our 11th release. I'm planning on shipping import as a stable feature tomorrow. Oh, that's so exciting. So everyone take a look for that. Make sure you get the latest bits from Winget tomorrow. And I think that's about it from us. We can hand it back over to Amy and Dean to take us out. Thanks, Kayla. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you both so much for that. And um, that's it. That's all the time we've had all week all the segments we have time for. I lost my words there, Amy. Um, so uh, how about we remind everyone of what's, uh, what we've covered so far? Yeah, good idea. So you all know you can get the show notes at aka.ms slash hello world, but let's bring back on some of our segments. So first up, we had uh, Laurent and Amanda for our Humans of Microsoft segment. So big thanks to Laurent there for uh, providing uh, such a great interview. Love the question about who said no. Uh, 
yeah, best thing ever. Um, but then we actually moved on and we had Ben Walters. So Ben, are you there? I am. Hey. I am. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you so much. First time on the show. It's been an absolute treat to have you. Um, where should people go to find out more? Yeah, totally. So of course, you know, if you're looking for information about Build, you're going to see announcements about that coming out really, really soon. So keep checking the build.microsoft.com for more info. And if you want to know more about customer tech talks, you can go to aka.ms slash ctt YouTube to see all of the customer talks episodes and follow us on Twitter at MS Customer Talks to get updates on all the latest information when it comes out. Wonderful. Uh, then we went on to the backstage. We gave away some of our secret sauce. Uh, Laurent, where should people go for the timer? Absolutely. Easiest way is just to go to our show notes, ak.ms slash hello world, and we'll put links there to the GitHub repo, which is completely open source, as well as the uh, timer page where you can try it out. Wonderful. And then we had Kayla and Demetrius. Um, Demetrius, thank you so much for joining us again. Like you said, you were on our first week's episode, so uh, pleasure to have you as always. Um, Kayla, where should people go to find out more? Um, you can always go to aka.ms slash hello world for all of the show links, and Winget is at aka.ms slash Winget. Awesome. Thank you all so much for sharing your segments today and giving everyone an update on where they can find out more. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Tomorrow, Frank and Nitya will be our wonderful hosts, as always. But for a special episode of Hello World Tomorrow, it'll be called Hello Earth to celebrate Earth Day. So do tune in tomorrow to check out what they've got in store for you there as well. If you're watching us live here on MS Learn TV, then we've got career switcher stories next. So tune in for that. Some interesting insight around people who have changed career and their story. And if you're not and you're watching us on catch up, well, you know we've got tons of content here on Learn TV for you always. So you can always check that out. But without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you next time. See you soon.